Cowboys 49, Giants 17. Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And the Giants got their ass kicked. But I'm gonna, I am want to focus on three positives, Justin. The Giants currently have the second pick in the NFL draft with the Cardinals win. Andrew Thomas is not dead. And the Giants had their second highest scoring output of the season with 17 points. How you doing? Oh, hey, look at that. Love the way sort off a little positive to start the show. I'm, I'm doing all right, Bobby Skinner. Good day. Hey, really, really had some nice cheering, fist-bumping moments when uh, Kyler Murray led that game-winning drive and the Arizona Cardinals kicked that game-winning field goal as the clock strikes zero. Boom against the Atlanta Falcons. Screw them. Bad team. Tough team to root for. Here, I'll give my little opening thoughts. Uh, this ends a little bit more negative. This ends the most pitiful season performance against the divisional rival that I think I've ever been part of. Um, and even today, outgained by 526 yards. That's most in any game since 1962. And then what is it, 68 to 17 that we were outscored um, in the two games against the Cowboys this year? Half the roster also got hurt in some capacity today, including Tommy DeVito getting an extra on something after the game. And I spent most of the game wondering how Brian Dable is going to survive this year, especially seeing some of the sideline discussions that he was having today. And I actually think I have a good answer on how Brian Dable will survive the year. But still, the discussions are being had, and it's going to be really brutal for this Giants to really finish the season. Well, the discussions, to me, aren't being had. They're being had by the public. And yes. in reality, there is, again, there is such a little chance that Brian Dable is gone. Because they're just not going to fire their GM and head coach who are tied at the hip together after two years, especially after the first season they won. And you look at the circumstances and not blind to the circumstances, even though there can be things that are better. Um, but it's it's to be the reason it's happening is because it's it's hard to find anything to talk about when a team is just this bad and you have this much left in the season, right? Like they still have to play uh, seven seven more games. And it's not looking like it's going to get any better until Tyrod Taylor is back. But, they I mean, they are out there, and they played one of the best defenses in the NFL. And obviously their defense did not show up in this game. And that's a conversation talking about the locker room and people buying in. They just had someone who's not an NFL QB out there, right? Tommy DeVito was supposed to be practice squad, get better, compete to possibly be a backup next year. And even that wasn't very likely. He just doesn't have the arm talent to make throws down the field that you need to make. Um, and anytime there's pressure or or blitz, his eyes just go completely down, which when you're on this Giants team versus this Cowboys defense is going to happen a lot. Like if you look at CPOE, the completion percentage over expectation, which is not a stat I love, but it was minus 12, like the second worst in the NFL, only the Will Levis this week. So um, they put very little on his plate and they didn't do very well with it at all. Like they, they don't have an NFL quarterback out there in reality. No, and that's why it looks – so bad. Like for everybody that's talking about why, you know, how the, you know, but we just want to see competitive football. If you weren't seeing competitive football with the best option on the roster at quarterback in Daniel Jones, then what, what are you expecting when there's an undrafted free agent, Tommy DeVito, who is not ready to play the quarterback? Was that what competitive football shouldn't be the expectation, right? No, I mean, there was no expectation to be competitive in this game, right? Like, it's a different story these next two weeks versus the Commanders, who defense was already bad, but it's like, hey, they at least have pass rush, and they traded away their two edge players. The Patriots, who that's going to be a, 
I can't, I honestly can't wait to be at Giants versus Patriots. Joe Judge returning in the two worst offenses in the NFL by far. That's going to be a hilarious game to be a part of. Like, can the defense keep it combat competitive in there? Can the offense put up like you know fourteen to seventeen points that aren't garbage time? Right. That's for them. And I know people don't want to like. I know fans don't want to win, right? And to, in reality, I don't either. But this coaching staff is going to play to win. This co- these players are going to play to win. Um, those will be the test of like coaching is these next two weeks out. How do you look? But even then, you're, you're going to have a QB disadvantage by a wide margin, even though you're going to be facing Sam Howell and Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi. You're still going to have a, a very big uh, QB disadvantage unless they maybe go to Barkley and you could say he's com- comparative to Mac Jones. So, yeah, the, Brian Dable's not in trouble. I, I know that we're talking about it, but he's not in trouble. There's issues, right? And I, well, you can talk about like what you think about the rest of the season. The main goal has to be to keep this locker room from totally imploding. And that doesn't mean that there's not going to be any issues. There's going to be frustrations. There's no possible way you can get through this season without frustrations. But you, you can't have where it's like guys are like full on turning on the coaching staff. That has to be the goal because there's going to be frustrations. There's going to be players mad. But can you go into an offseason without there being multiple players that have totally just turned like totally sour on this coaching staff? And I don't think that's going to happen. Now, I think the way that you avoid that is by you have to be somewhat competitive in games. And now this is where I, I say to Giants fans, you can't have your cake and eat it, too. Because if you want to lose, if we want to lose <laughs> and get this draft pick. But also at the same time, you want to hold Brian Dable and this coaching staff to a standard of they need to be competing in games and not being outscored through 10 games of the season, outscored by 148 points, which is the worst differential for any team through team games in a season after winning at least one playoff game. Thank you to Katie Sharp. Where if you want to lose, then you're probably going to have to lose bad. And you're going to continue to lose really bad until like a guy like Tyrod Taylor comes back. Yeah, this that's what this team is. Like when Tyrod Taylor was in at quarterback and, and Daniel Jones put up his worst film, so he made it really bad. And the offensive line beginning the season was just disastrous. But when Tyrod Taylor came in, this offense looked good. No, but it looked like an NFL offense. They were able to they were able to run an NFL offense and not look stupid. With Tommy DeVito out there, you're going to look stupid, right? Especially when in the first half of the game, Saquon Barkley has seven carries for one yard, right? And then has six for 65 in the second half when the game is over at that point, right? So, like, teams are going to key in on the run, and when they're playing Tommy DeVito, they're going to definitely key in on the run, and they're going to have no fear of of that arm. They're going to have no fear, and it's like it's easy for defenses, especially talented defenses like the Dallas Cowboys, Um so yeah, they they ha- they have no shot. They they are yeah. a team that really has no shot until Tyrod Taylor is back at quarterback. Unless you have like an all out amazing defensive performance, and the Giants have de- the Giants' best defensive performance since we've been covering this team. They lost because they had Devito at quarterback <laughs> first. The Jets, like that's yeah. the best defensive performance I've I've seen in five years of covering the team, and they lost. Yeah, yeah. So things aren't going to look better. Until the quarterback improves, I guess that that's the that's the main point. Uh, like I trust I trust Brian Dable, I trust this coaching staff, I really do. It's just it, it won't it won't even it will look better 
when Tyrod Taylor comes back, but even not even saying that it will be better. It will just look better, and then that will help fans put their heads to sleep at night, which even even to me, that doesn't make any sense. They were still the number 32 offense with DJ and Tyra Taylor quarterback. Um, So, again, the coaching staff showed a lot of things last year. Well, what happened? What happened? Well, guess what? You had teams adjust to what you were doing. You had a quarterback who didn't step up to the plate. You had god-awful offensive line play that didn't make it uh, help with that process. And and you had a you have a running game that's not working, even though you have Saquon Barkley um, on this team. You know uh, he'll this will look like a decent running game for Saquon, but again he had seven carries for one yards in the first half. The game was totally completely over in the second half. They put Dak in the game in the uh, they took Dak out of the game for the entire fourth quarter. The game was over. So the main goal again keeping the locker room from just totally imploding, not being frustration free, not ha- not being argument free. But just totally imploding. So it's when you have the Darius Slayton thing on the sideline where he's arguing with the wide receiver coach Mike Rowe, handle it right. Shep comes over, Dable comes over, try and handle it. No one really saw. No one on t- from the TV broadcast saw the Saquon interaction, but it was reported on um, by by the broadcast. So yeah. obviously it happened. Like, but again, that's Saquon Barkley. I don't. I'm not expecting Saquon Barkley to turn into a cancer on this team. Um, in fact, it's insane that he still wants to be on this team. <laughs> so it's just not keeping it from imploding, right? So it's like handling the McKinney situation last week, right? Going and handling that stuff, which I guess we could talk about too at some point in the pod. Like, how? What did you think about Wink's handling of that? And or maybe we could save that for a mailbag question. Um, well, speaking of Wink, well, they they even talked about they didn't show any of the, they showed a little bit of it on the Fox broadcast, but they talked about Brian Dable and Wink Martindale having like a really long discussion going into the locker room and then even coming out of the locker room in the second half. They they didn't say if anybody was animated there, but they had a really, really long discussion, which I thought was interesting. Um, and yeah, I mean, we- that's I, – I don't – I that is something where that's – they had like – I don't I – don't, Dable was asked about that and kind of just kind of like, yeah, we, we have conversations. So yeah. I, get, I guess if it was longer than most, it, it got some type of attention, but – I get that there's probably going to be a long conversation. I don't see any splintering there between the two. If maybe there could be some splintering on the way that Wink handled the McKinney thing, but I actually think that's a good mailbag topic we can save. Yeah. Uh, but with Darius Slayton, I I think out of all the receivers, out of all the receivers, I actually I'm most okay with him losing a little bit of composure. If it was like Wandale, for example, young player, second year drafted by this coaching staff if it was like Wandell that was really on the sideline really maybe maybe losing a little bit then I'd be like oh that's that's a young player and you know young player with that you know maybe some some of the other younger guys will follow his lead or whatever but Darius Slayton has been here for a long time uh you know believe it or not he's one of the you know if, if you were to make a list of giants that you know the the longest tenure giants Darius Slayton's probably up there so you know I think some of the quotes that he Pat Leonard uh took a nice minute-long video after the game Darius Slayton's comments after uh, in the locker room and kind of just said, yeah, it's, it's week 10 and we're getting a little frustrated by the offense not being very good. And I, I view myself as a player that could help an offense um, and it's not happening. And he said, it got a little away from me today. He's like, I usually pride myself as a cool, calm and composed person. It got a little away from me today. And Darius Slayton's usually a pretty transparent person. 
where, you know, maybe if something actually was legitimately bothering him, maybe he would say it in front of the media after the game. But I do think it's, I think these guys are just frustrated and how. And they, they should be. They should be. They 100% should be frustrated. If they wouldn't be, if they're not frustrated, that'd be more worrisome. Again, it's just what does that frustration turn into? Does the frustration yeah. turning into a total splinter in the locker room? I don't know. But um, honestly, it's probably better for the locker room that the defense sucks so bad because they can't point the finger after this game. Yeah. It, and I, I want to like, it is wild. Actually, you know what? Let me um, let me talk about something before before yeah, I talk get about something before you bring that up. With uh, very important uh, days approaching where you're going to be wanting to get stuff. Our sponsor, Waterboy, is here to help you prepare for those nasty Thanksgiving hangovers. There's nothing worse than feeling like the Thanksgiving gremlin while everyone else in the family is rocking around the Thanksgiving turkey. Waterboy is a hydration powder scientifically formulated to cut your hangover time in half. There are other hydration packs on the market, but nothing comes anywhere close to fighting those Sunday scaries like Waterboy. Like Bobby Boucher himself, with zero sugar and over three times the electrolytes of liquid IV. Ooh, taking shots there. Your hangover will stand no chance. And neither will liquid IV. We're taking shots at them. So this for this season, our listeners will get 15% off your entire order with our exclusive link at waterboy.com slash giants. Inside each stick, there's ginger for the nausea and to make your tummy feel better. Maybe the best part about uh, Waterboy is how amazing it tastes. Their most popular flavors include strawberry lemonade, lemon lime, and blue raspberry. You're going to actually want to drink these. And by the way, even if you're not like hungover, starting your day with hydration like this is like key for life. For life. Hundreds of thousands of people already trust Waterboy as their hangover cure. It's time to stop dealing with the anxiety alone. For a limited time, my listeners get an exclusive 15% off discount with our link at waterboy.com slash giants. That's 15% off at waterboy.com forward slash giants. It's time to hydrate for the year. You will be glad you did. Thank you, Waterboy, for uh, being our friends and for hydrating us, which hydration is key. It's like the most key thing in the world. Literally, you'll die if you're not hydrated. So get Waterboy. Or else. It is very funny. Not funny. Sad. Right after the 2021 season. Where you have Mike Lennon and Jake Fromm. And we're talking about backup QB. And how important it is. Is it important that the Giants' second biggest free agent investment coming in. Was getting a backup QB. So they're like, hey. If DJ gets hurt. This first year or the new QB needs some time. Like we will have someone there to make it where they're not in a Tommy DeVito situation or Mike Leonard, Jake Fromm. Yet they are, they are in this situation yet worse because they have way more games to be played than Joe judge and Freddie kitchens did uh, with the uh, Glenn and Fromm era. And I do think in the court of public opinion, they are so relying on Tyrod Taylor coming back. They need him. Desperately, in the court of public opinion. Absolutely. So, and here's what I will I would say to just if you're just like if you, in your mind you're like fuck this coaching staff, right? Because you could talk about Brian Dable's bad challenge, which was maybe the worst challenge I've ever oh seen. Oh my god, that was a great way to start the game. Horrible. Like whoever told him to throw the red flag on that was on crack. Um. 
So I don't know who like that. That's someone who should be held accountable. Who came and told Brian Dable to throw the red flag on that? The fourth and one, you have to obviously go to there. I get that you can run something different besides inside zone, but at the same time, with the way as aggressive as Dallas's defense is, maybe you want to run inside zone to give Saquon options and not just one gap to go through where they're going to be filling hard, and they know you're going to run it. But maybe that maybe that could we can revisit the Jets' decision with that with that result that they had right there. Um, is how many points and how, what did you? Uh, you know, let's just go before the season, right? Nothing bad's happened yet. Say, hey, week 10 versus Dallas, you're going to have Tyree Phillips starting at tackle. You're going to have Darius Slayton as your best receiver because Waller's injured, and you're going to have Tommy DeVito at quarterback. What do you expect to happen in that game? Tell, to, like, just put yourself in that mindset and ask, what do, what do you expect to happen in that game? And honestly, it's kind of miraculous. The offense wasn't even more disastrous than what it was. Yeah. Um, you know, and you look at like Tommy DeVito's numbers, he was uh, 14 to 27, 86 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Without the last drive, he was eight for 16, 37 yards. Like what, like losing last... by, by 20 instead of 30? Was yeah, that, was la- that good the, enough? The last drive in garbage time, he was six for 11 with 49 yards in that touchdown to Shep. Um, so Sterling Shepard got a touchdown. And now he is tied for second on the team and touchdown receptions with, with I think like See, Saquon has the most with two. So DJ had two. Tyrod had two, four. DeVito has three, seven. So there's six guys. There's five guys with one, and Saquon has two. Sterling Shepard also has at least one touchdown pass every single year of his NFL career since 2016. Longest tenure giant. Isn't I, I almost tweeted this out, but I'm like, who gives a shit at this point? Is that when the Giants signed Shep, right? We're like, hey, that's. Cheat deal. He's been a productive player coming off an injury. Like it doesn't hurt to necessarily do that, even though it's like, hey, we now we have Lawrence Cager and Tyree Jackson on a team that needs to run the ball as they're tied in two and three. But what's the plan for Sterling Shepard, right? Like that's what I can't really like. What is going to be the plan with this wide receiver core? And a wide receiver core that has had no injuries, the clear and obvious path was essentially there is no plan unless a bunch of guys get hurt. Yeah. And he's the most injury prone of them all. Which you know, you know what the crazy thing is out of all the injuries that the Giants team has had this year, the wide receiver room hasn't been the room that's gotten hurt, which is the crazy thing. Which is they they were banking they were banking on that happening for Sterling Shepard's role to be increased, and it and it just flat out has not. And I will say Sterling Shepard's biggest contribution this year is what he did on the sideline with Darius Slayton today. That and that, that's not even a shot at Shep. That's honestly just it's what they envisioned his role being like the veteran leader and the guy on the sideline to, you know, to, to be there for these guys, these younger guys. And his Shep's been around a lot of losing and Shep's been around some maybe bleaker and darker situations on this. Um, so that was Shep's biggest contribution this year is him talking on the sideline or maybe even yelling on the sideline with Darius Slayton today. I prefer a blocking tight end. Other things offensively, who trivia, who led the Giants in receiving today? Well, it was Daniel Bellinger because he had the longest catch of his career, is my guess. With is that like a 25, 24 yarder at the fourth 20, quarter? Twenty seven yarder. Oh, 27. Okay. So congrats to Daniel Bellinger. It'll be interesting to see if Waller can stay the team's leading receiver until he gets back, if he gets back. Which is like, why would you even bring him back? Who was close? Point? Slayton. Slayton's with Slayton's probably within like fifty to sixty yards. Okay. I kind of want Slayton just to win it, just so it's like, all right. 
fourth fourth time in five years that Slayton is the team's other the team's leading receiver. Who was it? Who another trivia question? Who was the leading receiver in the one year that it wasn't Slayton? Well, it was, it was Kenny Galladay, two thousand twenty one. It was Kenny Galladay, two thousand twenty one. Yeah. yeah, good job. Thank you. Um, I mean, it's we'll we'll talk about the defense in a second. Is there any other like? Again, they just have bad. They have horrible quarterback play. It's hard to have any huge takeaways from the nothing. Offense. Nothing will matter until the, until there's an NFL quarterback back there. That that's my that's my take. And you know, if you listen to Bleeding Blue in 2018, I mean, uh, which I don't, a lot of people didn't, but it was really bad podcasting at that time. But man, uh, uh, tw- you know, 2018. That's I was 20 years old. 20 year old. 20 year old Justin would be would be really happy by with that sentence. Uh, not nothing matters. Evaluation. This, that, and or whatever, nothing matters until you have an NFL quarterback back there again. I, I'm sorry, unless unless the defense goes out there and plays a historic, like a really great, awesome game, and they help, like, oh, they don't. Well, we almost won, we almost got there. Or unless Saquon Barkley just takes over a game, um, if you're playing somewhat of a good NFL team, nothing will matter until you have an NFL quarterback actually playing quarterback for you. And the Giants do not have that right now. And even with Tyrod Taylor and Daniel Jones in there, it was still last. They were still worse than the NFL. So make that position even worse. <laughs> Which is great. Andrew Thomas got hurt. And that that's I don't want to forget about that. Andrew Thomas got hurt and he came back. And it's like, what are we doing? Finish the game. I'll be interested to see what the injury report looks like with him. It sounds a knee in- I mean, finish the game and look fine out there. Um, interesting to hear what exactly that was to where he got carted off to coming back in the game. Defensively, the Cowboys are the first team. Oh, in the no, NFL. I, I, want, I don't want to. I don't want to ignore that. I don't want to ignore that. Even not knowing what it was, Bobby, they were down by three. They, they were down by three scores when he when he like came back in. Why? Why? If he's healthy enough to play to keep your quarterback from getting decapitated, I put a lot more stock on Andrew Thomas's health than Tommy DeVito's health. I'm sorry. Okay, but he pl- he finished the game and he looked completely fine. Finished the game against Dallas week one, too. It was out for two more months. He didn't finish that game, but, like, I, I don't know. Did- I just think they're really irresponsible. And, again, they don't deserve the benefit of the doubt. They've been really irresponsible with all of these injuries this year where they don't deserve the benefit of the doubt. I, I hear you and I hear what you're saying, where it's logical. He finished the game. He looked all right. They don't deserve the benefit of the doubt anymore. They don't. Okay. Well, he came back in and he looked good. I'm excited to watch uh, his film. Um, defensively, like you said, the stat in the beginning, uh, the Cowboys are the first NFL team to outgain an opponent by 468-plus yards since 1979. Um, this was a, one of those cases of, like, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't with defensive scheme-wise. Like, they ran a good amount of zone in this game and, and too high stuff. And Dak was able to pick it apart and despite – you know, having the interceptions, right? And maybe you live a little more by that. Um, but you also had busted plays. Like McKinney, they ran like a cover six, which is essentially cover three, just from too high coverage. And he just goes to the sideline and just doesn't take uh, CeeDee Lamb um, up the middle. Belton probably could have uh, carried that a little better too. But anytime they were in man, right? Which again, was we interested to see the splits when I do my coverage breakdowns is the cornerbacks just got cooked, and especially at the catch point. I mean, Banks got – they went after Banks to begin the game. Flock got beat a handful of times, and then Flock went out, and Darnay Holmes went in. He got cooked. Trey Hawkins gave up big plays to Michael Gallup. I mean, you had Nick McLeod starting. I mean, this is this is the issue is when you can't 
the pass and again that paired with the pass rush being essentially non-existent outside of Dexter Lawrence, who you know was being double teamed and triple teamed all game. Like you, it's hard to run man coverage without pass rush. And Kayvon goes out with a concussion. Aziz wasn't doing anything, and again they were putting so much attention on Dexter Lawrence. And you don't have Leo anymore. You have good defense, good defender Ashawn Robinson, not a good pass rusher. Uh, Dak was just able to sit in the pocket and and just throw whatever he wanted versus man coverage. Yeah, I'm really interested to see your splits in in, in zone versus man because the the interception that Dak threw it was in zone coverage. Now, very funny. I thought it was man coverage because C.D. Lamb, it's Cordell Flott versus uh, C.D. Lamb in the slot. C.D. Lamb goes in motion pre-snap and follows him like it's man coverage. And I'm thinking to myself, all right, hey, look out. Red red, red flashes. It's it's C.D. Lamb versus Cordell Flott in the slot. And then lo and behold, snap ball snapped. Cordell Flott comes up with the interception. I forget who was on the receiving end of that play, but Cordell Flott breaks off of C.D. Lamb in his own and kind of jumps that route a little bit. Um, so that was a really cool and interception by Flott, good design by Wink Martindale on kind of baiting Dak Prescott into thinking that it was man, but it was actually in zone. Um, and there were some other good plays that the Giants had in zone. And then, man, you know, anytime that they were in man, it was it was not good. And that's when they were getting beat on those explosive plays and those 1v1 balls and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, outside the interception, they were just doing whatever they want. I mean, Dak was, you know, 11.5 yards per attempt. You know, on on thirty five throws to over four hundred yards. Again, Brandon Cooks had a like. I was thinking like going into this game, it's like, man, Brandon Cooks was like my take of the offseason, like most underrated addition, and he hasn't done anything for them today. He put up one hundred seventy three receiving yards with a touchdown. CD obviously did his thing, eleven catches, one hundred fifty yards. He also had that rushing touchdown too. Um, yeah, they're a team that without Adore Jackson and Deontay Banks not playing well. You're just going to – if you don't get, like, great, great pass rush, you're going to get cooked, and that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah, any other what, – what other what other takeaways did you come come away with? Because really – or no, you know, can we have a Cordell Flock conversation? Because he was benched. I don't – well, he did have an injury. Oh, he did have an injury. Okay. Yeah, so I don't know, you know, what exactly that happened, but – he like I'm assuming that he made the mistake in that one zone play too, where they put they motion CD and put him on the wheel route and Banks and Flop both. You know what I'm the play I'm talking about where Banks was and it Flott, CD Lamb up up the right sideline? Yeah, yeah. Where Banks and Flop kind of both like, you know, you can't tell exactly which one screwed it up, but I would Flop makes so many mistakes in zone coverage yeah. that I'm gonna assume that that was him and he was supposed to carry that vertically. Um, but he did have like they're not they didn't bench him for I don't think they benched him for Darnay Holmes especially in a game he did have an interception because it's not like it's this like discussion between them like Darnay Holmes has played nine snaps in the last six games going into this week and they were all in one game which I think was probably in garbage time too like there's I don't think they had a end game let's let's move to Darnay Holmes versus CD Lamb um, but if they did that's interesting too. You, so he did get hurt. Yeah, I'm trying to find the actual tweet of it. But um, let me just look at Dan Salomon's Twitter. He should have it. But I did I did see that. Banks got hurt too. Yeah, Banks did that's that's a little it's a little bit of an issue with Banks where he kind of just leaves games. Uh, yeah, injury updates. Cornerback Deontay Banks and Cordell Flott's shoulder are both 
banks as an ankle are both questionable to return. Okay. All right. Makes me feel a little bit better that he didn't get benched. No, and if they did, if they did bench him for Darnay Holmes, that's like a fucking horrible coaching decision. Yeah. Um. So they didn't do that. But Hawkins, McLeod started the game, and then Hawkins worked in. And Hawkins, it's like it's kind of the exact same thing on a scouting report. It's just like there's good coverage, good coverage, but at the catch point, he just kind of gets lost in the sauce, and that's exactly what happened versus Michael Gallup, which is. There's anybody who's like, hey, good coverage, but he just won at the catch point versus the Giants the last few years. It's Michael Gallup. Yep. Like even think of the Thanksgiving game last year where it's just like he was just making insane catches and tight coverage. He's kind of been that guy for them and obviously had uh, big plays doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm still excited for Hawkins. I still want him to. Yeah, he was never supposed to really play much this year. No, no. I I think if he actually can really – like take this off season to know that this is my one issue that I need to work on and really like play, learn how to play the football, force the completions and stuff like that. Get more savvy and crafty like that. I think he could be a fine, a fine, you know, corner, even if it's just a, you know, the backup that's coming off the bench for the first couple of years of his career. So yeah, he, he needs, he needs time to grow. Well, I'm not judging Trey Hawkins <laughs> severely. Here's something I will say. I know this is like kind of like my thing is Javarius Owens. I would like to see Javarius Owens get in as the third safety over Dane Belton, right? He's just more naturally physical and more aggressive. And I know Belton's probably more better in man coverage, but they're not putting him in those situations. And Owens can hang like he could hang with the same coverage assignments as as Dane Belton. I would like to see that. Also, Bobby McCain's a low key psychopath, right? Well, like I, think he he had fi- the dr- I think he finally got in there, and I think he wanted to prove something, which good for him. He had the well, he had the dropped interception, and he's just fucking losing his mind after the play. <laughs> I don't know if that was celebration or anger. I I lean towards anger because then he gave up the touchdown, and he's just losing his shit. And I'm like, I just kind of want to see this guy play. At least we get someone who's just angry out there. Um, I was like, I'm I might be in on the Bobby McCain. And he's got a revenge game coming up. That's a oh, big yeah. deal. Revenge game. Uh, he was he was losing his shit out there. I was like, I, I love the energy. I want to see this energy from other guys. Yeah. I feel like half the roster got hurt. Want to try naming them on defense? Well, Flot, Banks, Kayvon. Flot, Banks, Kayvon. Pinnock? I didn't. Pinnock left the game. Well, I mean, why did Dane Belton and Bobby McCain come in? Did he get? I, I well, Pinnock was limping at one point. I don't know if he third got third safety let, rips. I don't know if he got hurt. Um, Hyatt yeah. Hyatt got a concussion too. Hyatt got a concussion. Thomas got hurt, but came back in. Um, Saquon was limping at one point. Said to Jordan Ronan after the game that, "Oh yeah, high ankle. You know that high ankle sprain. I'm going to be struggling with it for the whole season. He'll play through it. He got his ankle taped up today again." Why don't you talk to us about something, and then we can talk about some stuff on the way out. I'll talk to you about something, and then we'll talk about some stuff on the way out. Oh, boy, we're going to talk about co-pilot. Man, if you're like me and you struggle with consistent exercise, certainly all you fuckos on YouTube tell me about it. Address time. And, man, there's time. There's cost barriers that's ultimately connected with having your traditional gym trainer partnership and experiences. I'm working a lot on football stuff. I'm trying to make some videos. We're, we're talking Giants three times a week about this great team. And Copilot ultimately connects the experience that you can get with a gym and a trainer. It brings it right to my home. It's a virtual online coaching 
system. They have real person accountability, flexibility, and expert training that is affordable and has transformative impact on exercise. My Copilot app offers a connection to a real-life trainer, personalized workout plans, real progress check-in support, and guidance. And guess what? It's all designed to be flexible and adjust to your schedule and your specific lifestyle. And it is cost-effective compared to traditional in-person training. They offer benefits and support of personal training without a hefty price. I'd love for you to follow my lead to get fit and feel great. Give Copilot a try to find out why it has why it was listed by Forbes as the top-rated personal trainer training app of 2023. Head to go.mycopilot.com/giants to get a 14-day free trial with your own personal trainer. That's go.mycopilot.com/giants to get a four to get a free 14-day trial with your very own personal trainer. Take a back seat and let Copilot help you reach your fitness goals. Bobby Skinner, you'll be glad you did. You'll be glad you did. Arch Stapleton tweet. Dexter Lawrence needs to understand why declining a comment after a game like this and a time like this for New York Giants is not in the, the right oh, road come to go down. On. If he doesn't, someone on the team needs to make sure he understands. Franchise committed big money to him and he's been accountable. Young players are looking to Dex to set the example. He usually does. Can't let this happen too often moving forward. Can I I, I like art. I really do like art. And this is not like I hate art sta- art Stapleton. Well, no shit. Art Stapleton is very much media by the book, traditionalist, and that is that is Art Stapleton tweeting out that he cannot get a quote from Dexter Lawrence after the game. That that this is not Yoana Cespedes not declining to speak to the media for a week straight when the Mets are losing and he's the leader of the team. This is one game where Dexter Lawrence doesn't want to talk to the media. And Art Stapleton's not happy that he can't get a quote from him after the game. Xavier McKinney declined comments too. Remember 2021, the the Saquon thing? Like Saquon, didn't it? Yeah, it's got to have something to talk about. Um, fuck you, Dexter Lawrence. Um, just yeah. kidding. Just kidding, Dex. I love you. You're our, our best player on defense. Actually, Dex might be approaching just best player on the team overall. I, I might have to let my Andrew Thomas bias go. But you if know what? Year- you know what? I, I need Dex to just dominate and all. I need them to, be, to dominate Jason Kelsey. Then we'll do it. I don't think Thomas really had any reps versus Parsons either. Like Parsons was ran weirdly quiet. I saw them use him at linebacker a little bit. I mean, what what were even were Michael Parsons' stats in this game? I mean, I will say the there was a play where he was Dak in man Pre- coverage. Dak Prescott got really hit hard. It was a beautiful throw on the left sideline. I think it was the CD Lamb. Yeah, and it was a deep, and Dex crushed him. Dex crushed him, and it was it really just ran over Zach Martin on his way there too. So yeah. I, I want to see him have some good results. This is just me being able to just. I, I want to keep saying Thomas is the best. Um, let's see what were what were Micah Parsons' stats. Does PFF even have that up yet? Well, not pressure stats, but sacks, QB hits. Oh, dude, I don't think he had. Any. I don't think he even had a tackle. Well, I mean, they didn't. I mean, our you know producer you you and producer Jeff were talking off air before the. For the show, be like he he didn't really rush the passer that much. But he didn't have a single tackle. Didn't have a QB hit. Nothing. I think he had like a hurry late in the later in the, like the second half. That was yeah, really the pressures it. don't go in the game book. No, they don't. No, they don't. And I mean, even like yeah, hurry. That I mean, Michael Parsons. That's there's a higher standard. I I, I want to go back and rewatch and see exactly how he was being used. That's something I'm gonna watch in my film. 
film reviews, what happened. And if there's any reps for Andrew Thomas, I will be clipping all of them sons of bitches up. Yes. Song to Washington. Um, well, I can't believe they didn't have a punt block today. It was they were so close <laughs> so many times. And not and not just the ones that were the back of their own end zone, the first two drives. If anything, those were some of the clean. I mean, they were so close to having a punt block. Randy Bullock made a field goal. How about that? Number 46. That looked cool. Um, I mean, any anything else? Anything else we got? Anything you did this weekend? Oh, you went to the Penn State game. How was I that? Um, I thought I would be able to escape bad football and watching a bad football game by going to a Penn State versus Michigan game. Oh, my God. It was one of the worst games. <laughs> As I'm dying. Uh, both quarterbacks, I believe, through the, like three quarters, they had a combined for like less than 20 pass attempts. And I don't understand Michigan fans. They they pointed to me. It's like, see, do you see this first quarter play where Tank Robinson really beat this guy around the corner and he got pressure on J.J. McCarthy? See this one play? So that means that the entire game, J.J. McCarthy is only going to have nine pass attempts when your quarterback, supposedly first-round talent quarterback, is you're just so scared of the Penn State defense and the Penn State offensive line that you're going to run for four and a half yards per carry, and that's your game plan? The Michigan second-half game plan after they got the lead was the same game plan as the Jets in the second half or whenever they took the lead uh, a couple weeks ago. It was the same game plan. We are going to run the ball, we are not going to care about scoring, and we're just going to play defense. That was the game plan. It was infuriating, and Penn State fired their offensive coordinator Sunday, which, honestly, that that doesn't shock me after watching whatever that was. Terrible game. I, I, I'm just, I was I cannot, the environment, though? I cannot escape bad football. The environment was great. We drove by there on our way to uh, Detroit. We did? Yeah, we, was I sleeping? Uh, we, I mean, maybe, but we were fairly close to Happy we were, Valley. We were, we were fairly close. Uh, I, I, I passed by the, the exit for Pocono Raceway, and I, and I smiled. Dude, I'm so excited to be at this Patriots game. There, what was what was the connection to what I just said? You, you're just excited. To just the environment. <laughs> it's just going to be such an environment of negativity. It's gonna oh be, yeah. It's going to be great. So here's the thing: since I'm in on the tank, if the Giants lose that game, does that count as a win for me? I was th- I was thinking about the <laughs> same thing a couple days ago. We'll cross that boat when we get there. Um. But no, no, we can't. We can't be making up bullshit rules to keep my streak alive. Of course, like wins a wins, loss a loss. No bullshit rules. Um. Yeah, this game. This is really tough to talk about right now, man. Yeah, mailbag will be good. Preview pod is fun. Um, but talking about a team just getting the shit kicked out of them, and you're expectingly to, so you can't be overly angry about it. Is a weird place. Right, and I this is and this is why you're seeing like the articles about like Dable's job and stuff, and and essentially trying to create a story because there really isn't one there. But it's like it's the reporters and fans alike are like, I don't know what to do with my hands. We're supposed to fire the coach after year two when it sucks, um, and in reality, that's just not going to happen, nor should it. You ever heard um, of Jonathan Jones, lead NFL insider for NFL? On yeah, CBS? He's, remember I said Leonard Williams might get traded because of that was because of Jonathan Jones' article. So he's, Jonathan he's, Jones he knows his shit. Jonathan Jones, per him, Joe Shane and Brian Dable are widely considered by sources inside and outside the building to be safe, 
They'll be able to make the call on the future of the organization this offseason. Um, and apparently he went on to even say, too, like they are not af- they're not afraid to draft a quarterback even with the Daniel Jones contract. Yeah, they're they they are safe. There's no there's not even a debate about it. Um, which again, I get it's hard to write about this team when there's no debate about firing the coach and they look this bad. I get it. Like it is tough. Um, but just gotta plug our nose and and chug along, unfortunately. Um, and live for the Giants currently have this pick in the 2024 NFL draft tweets. That's what we got to live for, here for, people. So let's get out of here, Justin. Mailbag pod. I, I want to talk about Wink's handling of the McKinney thing. So on the mailbag pod. So I think that's an interesting conversation. Um, and I'm sure we will think of some other things. Question. Will Who will be starting at quarterback at the Patriots game in two weeks when I'm there? Tommy DeVito. If Jacob Eason can come along, like he's more talented than Tommy DeVito. Why wouldn't it be Matt Barkley? I'm switching Matt my Barkley answer. Because Matt Barkley can't be, move. Because Matt Barkley can't move. Dude, I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Greg's dad. Be a great game to debut Greg's dad. Yeah, Greg's dad. I'll, I'll just I'll go with Tommy DeVito. Say it with my chest. All right. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it's gonna be Matt Barkley. Okay. But anyways, we you. You're going to have to listen to the next episode of Talking Giants to find out. We'll see you then. Uh, We do appreciate you. I mean, if you're listening this late in the pod after this, we truly, we appreciate you way more than the 99% of our other listeners. So, like, we appreciate you way more. So, if you're listening to this, not just saying I appreciate you vainly. I appreciate you so much more than everybody else. So, we'll see you then. Until then, let's go Big Blue.